up, everybody? We're back. A brand new episode of R2C2 in the middle of the NFL playoffs, getting ready for Championship Sunday. And C and I get to chat this week with somebody who's just become a total star on the media scene. And we get to dive into aspects of that, as well as the NFL playoffs, some NBA thoughts as well, what he sees coming uh, for the championship games. But somebody we've had on the show before, and he's just blown up even more um, over the last few years since we last had him on. That's Nate Burleson. You guys watch him on CBS NFL Today. Used to be on Good Morning Football, of course, on NFL Network. Now is on CBS Mornings, covering everything, news, weather, all of it. Um, doing an unbelievable job on that as well. Um, and uh, he's just about as versatile and talented as it gets. He's won Emmys back-to-back years. The former wide receiver who has turned into a total media star. And he's just awesome. He has an awesome perspective on everything we talk about. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this conversation, as well as feel teed up uh, for uh, the uh, championship games on Sunday. So without further ado, here is Nate Burleson with CC and me on R2C2. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, first of all, thanks for coming back, Nate. It's been a while. You've just continued to um, absolutely crush it in your career, which anyone who's ever watched you or listened to you could have predicted on day one. Uh, but uh, I'm glad we get to talk to you again. And, and thank you for making time during such a, a busy time of, of your schedule, too, man. Of course, man. Come on now. There's a lot going on, baby. I mean, you know, there's there's football, there's NBA. What are we going to talk? Shannon Sharp on the sideline or do you want to talk about in the AFC championship game? Man. I mean, I'll go with whatever direction I want to talk about your schedule, first of all, because I know I did that good, good morning football schedule for a week and I was dead by Friday. So <laughs> I know what the CBS mornings like. What, what's the schedule like these days? Yeah, I remember, CC. you were like, hey, bro, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> but, hey, Ruka, by Wednesday, I was like, what the fuck did I get myself into? Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> nah, it is. It is. And it, it still is quite ridiculous. The news schedule, I'm waking up a little bit earlier. You know, for Good Morning Football, we'll wake up around 4.45. Uh, now I wake up at 4 a.m. I want to get into the city. I like to be the first one in the studio. Um, just so I can prepare for the show. You know, in football, there's this revolving door of information that we live in because we're working in the football space. But when you're working in news, um, you have to be knowledgeable about everything. It, it could be social issues on a national level. It could be weather internationally. Um, it, it could be politics one day. Go to sleep at, with one thing on your mind, thinking you know what the show is going to be. And then you wake up and we're pretty much tearing up the show and starting with a new lead block because something happened overnight. Uh, and then not to mention, we have guests. So yeah. it, um, it's one of those shows where you have to be on your toes because you, you might not have a ton of time. It's two hours, but there's not a ton of time for us to just talk. This isn't a sports show, so we're not debating about anything. We're just front row seats to the news, and then we deliver that news to the viewer. But I think what gives me the most fear is having 30 seconds and not have done my homework or not as be knowledgeable about a specific topic. 
and then in 30 seconds, I blow it. Um, and that's what I think about every day. It's the same thing when you're dealing in sports, as we all know, but in news, I just don't want that judgment for anybody to say, oh, see, see, gotcha. I told you. Yeah. I told you he didn't know what he was doing. I told you he doesn't belong there. So um, I'm always on top of it. Did you always think, oh, I want to get into news or I, or I want to venture into something beyond sports when it comes to the media world? When I left the game, um, I had three things that were on my mind. It was media. Um, at this time, I owned an entire restaurant in Seattle. Um, and then I was I was dipping my toe on the water of working in finances and helping guys invest their money. And I didn't know which one I wanted to go in full throttle. Uh, but then as I got into TV, I realized that my voice was unique. Um, and more than that, like we're all very similar in the sense that we might love a certain sport where people identify us with that sport, but we're sports junkies. So for mm -hmm. me, I had all of these different loves. Like I love the NBA. I love baseball. I love football and and I love rugby, random boxing and MMA. So all these different things that I, I felt like I wanted to talk about, I couldn't do it if I was just doing football. Um, and then I started to open up even more on on Good Morning Football. And, and thank you to the NFL Network because I started showing my love for hip hop and writing poetry. And then I started talking about investing. And as I started to open up myself, um, it seems like the world in the, in the media space started to do the same, mm. which is why when I talk to guys, uh, I, I say, the sooner you find your voice, if you want to go into TV, the better it will be for you. Because oftentimes we come in and we want to be like who we're looking at. So I, mm. I thought, all right, I got to be like Irvin, Dion, Marshall Falk, you know, Stuart Scott, sprinkled in some Scott Van Pelt, Jimmy V. I'm thinking of all these guys that influenced me as a viewer. But then when I found my own voice, my own personality, in, in came uh, Extra, calling to do some entertainment. Um, and then CBS, they started to open up the doors to the other side of the building, which i never even been on. Yeah. They're like, hey, man, like, hey, we want you to come do a hit at the digital side. I'm like, digital side? I don't even know the digital side. <laughs> and then I walk in, bro, it's a whole different building. They got brand new TVs and cubicles everywhere. I'm like, what? So sports people don't get invited over here? It's the time where people have seen all of the different things that I'm into. Now, I think it's cool because Good Morning Football is, is a great platform for that because you guys get a chance to show y'all like your personality is not just the X's and O's of the game. It's like for the viewer and the fan. Yeah. And it like really lets you into like the guys who are giving you the information. So you get to really know, you know, whether it's you or Schrager or, you know, whoever right. else is on the show because you're really into it because it's your personality that the viewer is getting a chance to see. Spot on, spot on, bro. And, and that's why I'm thankful for that show. It was unique at first because it was just four people talking football. But the more that we got into it, the more that the show allowed us to just be us. You know what I mean? And and, and you're starting to see that. Like, it, it's not so straight-laced and, and traditional mm -hmm. as it used to be. And, and that isn't taking a shot at, at, at what TV and media and radio once was, but there's there's an evolution. And you can, like, you can do both. You can put on a suit and tie and talk hardcore X's and O's, but then you can also dress it down and put on a hoodie and give the same type of passion and, and talk about any other sport that you love. Nate, what do you do when it's a topic that maybe has great import to a lot of people, mm. but maybe is not something that you're either particularly passionate about or, you know, 
well-versed on prior to a show, obviously, as you've detailed and as we all know, you do your homework on everything. But what do you do when you're in those scenarios and it's like you don't really have a strong opinion, but you're sort of being asked to have one? Mm, that's a really, really good question. Um, you know, I'll take you back to a moment I had at Extra when I was talking entertainment every day. And I remember walking in after doing Good Morning Football. It's already been a long morning. And everybody on staff was like, oh, my gosh, did you hear the news? And I was like, what news? <laughs> and I thought it was going to be just some groundbreaking news. They were like, Ben Affleck and J-Lo, they've been spotted together. And I was like, what? And they were so excited, right? And I don't know, it was just, it was the fatigue of the week and the day. And I just, I wasn't that excited in the moment. And I couldn't muster up that false enthusiasm. <laughs> And they kind of read that. They were like, you all right? I was like, yeah, it's just every day coming in and talking about the same celebrity gossip. I don't know, it's tough for me. You know, yeah. we're talking football and I'm starting to dip my toe in news. And 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 she said something, uh, um, and I have to give her credit. Um, it's one of our producers at Extra. She said, so to people who watch our show, their news is celebrity gossip. There are mm -hmm. people that tune in to watch us that can care less about football, that can care less about politics, that can care less about fashion they want to know who's dating who and who got fired from what movie set and i never thought about it like that so it's like specific topics that might not be in your wheelhouse or you're not passionate about yeah they they they're new that's news to somebody so i i say all that i i wanted to reference that because there's certain things where we could be talking about and it might not necessarily be my wheelhouse but i have to put enough work in to study and then be passionate about if we're talking it like politics, people, when I first got on, it wasn't like they're like, all right, Nate, thanks for joining the show. You're going to sit this segment out. They were like, nah, bro, like you're in it. You're, you're right in it. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, we're starting off. We're talking about Trump. We're going to talk about Biden. We're going to have some politicians yeah. then. We got midterms coming up and we need you to get involved in the conversation. So there was, there was nothing inside me that had this overwhelming sense of passion. I'm like, yeah, I can't wait to corner him with some of these fastballs. <laughs> I was like, no, nah. I was like, you know what? I, I got to study enough to know what they want to talk about and then have enough in my pocket in case I want to rebuttal anything. So, yeah, that, that's how I that's how I get past that, because let's just call it what it is. There are moments. I can't yeah. wake up every day and be passionate about everything because we're talking celebrities, we're talking movies and music, we're, we're talking politics, and then we have world issues, we have national issues. It, it's it's tough to be passionate about all these things. But one thing I learned in media, and this just isn't for CBS Mornings, it's when you study something long enough, you're like, I'm so I'm so prideful that I want you to hear my point now. Like mm. I spent my I spent my downtime the night before prepping for this interview. I woke up early and was first in the studio just so I could have something to say. And if I don't, I walk away with the same sense of pride. I was prepared just in case. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So interesting, man. Yeah, that's and a great way to look at it. That really is. And I I admire you doing it, man, because there, there's also, you know, as all of us know who talk in any kind of platform, especially extemporaneously for any sort of time, there's a pressure, first of all, just on a performance level, right? There's like a certain adrenaline that comes with it. Secondly, yeah. there's a pressure because of the scrutiny that comes with every word that's spoken publicly. Stakes are high, bro. Yeah, yeah. Stakes are high. Listen, I thought, I thought 
I thought that people said, bro, what? You think Russell Wilson is good as Aaron Rodgers? I thought that got on my nerves. Man, <laughs> yeah. I want to go back to those days. <laughs> all the Twitter fingers. I'll take that 10 times out of 10. It's a whole different ball game when people tweet you and they're like, Nate, I can't believe you went to the other side. Yeah. Nate, you have to be a respected wide receiver. You have turned your back on your country. Nate, I can't believe what you said about Herschel Walker. And I'm like, bro, I'm delivering the news. Yeah. Even my opinion one time. Yeah. I am literally reading the stories as they come to us. That's the craziest part. And what I learned in, in sports, people will take what you say and they take it verbatim. That's the problem because they're like, all right, I don't care if he's debating. I don't care if he's trying to, to set up the game or tee up the game. I'm taking his words verbatim and I want to argue him. I'm going to hit him up on social media. But in news, I realize mm. people hear what they want. And, and most of the time, if they have an opinion, they're stuck on that opinion. Mm. So I had to learn, like, this isn't sports. You can't tweet back at somebody and then, and, and then them say, oh, you know, I see your side of it. You know what? Uh, Russell Wilson is pretty good. It's not like that. And, and <laughs> I'll give you another story. Hey, people love stories. I'll give you one. This I haven't even yeah. told to anybody. Yeah. Um, so I brought up Herschel Walker because, you know, we were talking about Herschel just like everybody else uh, mm-hmm. going into the midterms. And we were just reading the news. And I happened to be reading it that day. And it was just introing to one of our correspondents that was in Atlanta. And I didn't give my opinion, um, delivered it in and out, didn't add any extras, no facial expressions. Um, didn't speak with my body, didn't do any of those things. This guy hits me up. He says, Nate, I can't believe you. I used to love you as a receiver, and here you are. You're on the other side. And, I, and not, now I'm curious because I feel like I can have a conversation with the sports fan, a sports yeah. junkie, and at some point we'll just get to some understanding. Mm-hmm. Whether they still want to call me an idiotic uh, sportscaster or not, I this guy, he, he kept going. He's like, no, 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 you're on the other side now. I'm like, what's the other side? Well, the other side of the political spectrum, and you're sitting here talking about another football player. And I said, sir, I'm just reporting the news. And he said, no, 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 no. I can't believe you. Herschel Walker is a man of the people. He's a man of men of your people. And then, and then I said, yeah. all right, that's fine. But tell me what I said about him that isn't that hasn't been reported already. And then he said something I never forget. He said, he said, um, you know what? You will never be to black people what Herschel Walker. Uh, Candace Owens and Kanye West is. And I was like, so you think that those are the three people that are representing us right now? And he said, and then his response was, oh, you think I'm racist? I said, no, 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 no. I'm just asking you a question. And then he said, he said, you know what? I'm friends with plenty of blacks. Oh, and, I said, uh. <laughs> and I said, I said, well, the fact that you called them the blacks, uh, just, <laughs> So then he sends me 20 photos of him with black people. And I said, bro, I'm not calling you a racist. I just wanted to understand why you were so upset with me. And that's when I realized it's different in news because people hear what they want to hear. And oftentimes they don't want to have a cordial conversation. Like they they want to get their point across by any means. Hey, and they you, don't want to get to an understanding. <laughs> no, not at all. Not you at went all. real deep with this guy, man. I'm, I'm like stopped after tweet number two. <laughs> right, I should have. Oh, oh my gosh. But it is, it's amazing. It's a totally different world. And you know what the other thing is? And, and uh, you know, move into some different things in a moment. But like, it's just, th- there's not right now a great medium for 
bridging those gaps. You know, there, there right. really isn't because on your forum, right? Like that's not the place that somebody's going to come in and say, you know, I was thinking this, but now I'm thinking this, right? right? Like you're not doing that in 30 second sound bites. You're not doing that with the pressure of an audience who expects you to think a certain thing or react yeah. a certain way to something. And oh, by the way, if you were team this, but you happen to react differently to this one thing, well, now we don't know what box to put you in, you know, and, and I can't deal with that either. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, whereas like these kind of conversations honestly are probably our best medium for, yeah. you know, diving more into nuance. Uh, but it's I, I don't envy you, Nate, because like that is it's a, it's a totally different level of pressure and scrutiny and stakes. Yeah. And yeah. as you've just detailed for us, there's no real way to win. There is no real way to win. And, and you're right. It, it, you know, if we compare it to sports, there's home in a way. That's all it yeah. is for yeah. us. And, and and that's what I realized. Like people have their home jerseys, their home team. And if you're on the different on the other side of religion, yep. race, social issues, politics, um, schools, sexual gender, sexual orientation, you're on the away team. Mm -hmm. and, 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 that, and it's unfortunate because like you said, the person that could be standing next. Your neighbor could be on your team, and then he yeah. might say something, or she might say something. Like, give me your jersey. Go to the other side. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I realized. Yeah, man. Oh, so uh, what'd you think of Shannon Sharp? Oh, so Sharp. <laughs> I see. See, I just want to know. I just want to know what Sharp really said because I guess Dylan Brooks was going at him. There were yeah. some f bombs being thrown around. And then Sharp got up, you know what I'm saying? And Sharp was up there talking his talk. He's like, hey, you don't, you don't want these problems. You don't want these problems. Because I've never seen Sharp get real mad. The, the most I've seen him get is when he gets into it with Skip. He's like, come on, Skip. Skip. Come on, Skip. That's Skip. it. Yeah. Uh. He said, Skip, he was like, remember when he was getting into it recently? And he was like, I Skip, I can't even get through my whole life. You know what? That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, and Skip said, put your glasses on. <laughs> That's the only time I seen him get mad. But I tell you what, my man was looking brolic in the cardigan. He was up there looking yoke. Like, what's who want? I was just, yo. I was just like, if that was like a normal fan, though, like he would have been banned from. The, the crypto.com he wouldn't have been able to come back to his seat like all of that shit I'm just like yo like as a fan of the game at some point I know you're Shannon Sharp but you gotta chill out cause you know what I'm yeah. saying like I mean you can't be trying to fight like the Memphis Grizzlies as a fan on the court nah. I don't care who you are or what kind of Hall of Famer you are like you come on man you got to chill out a that, little that's, bit. That's real talk. He had an apology. Actually, was watching on the on the way home, and he, he apologized to everybody. He apologized. Oh, did he? Ron, Lakers, Crypto Arena, Dylan Brooks, John Morant, John Morant's dad, <laughs> and you could tell he he had some 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 sobering thoughts when he actually got to look at it from a bird's eye view because you know it's one thing to be in it and and have the the tension high, but I think once he was removed and saw the viral clips that's when he realized like how bad it looked. And somebody made a good point to me. They were like, you know, the, the NBA is in this, um, this very unique place that they have never been in regards to its relationship between players and those close to the court. And we've mm. seen guys be like, hey, yo, ref, right there, get him out. He's yeah. crazy. Or, yep. or nah, she tripping, man. Hey, she drunk. She, she said something, play, get him out. And they're kicking people out the game. So somebody was like, 
yo, why did, if Dylan Brooks would have looked at him, do you think they would have kicked out Sharp? Or was he even worried about that? And he made a valid point. Like, you know, Sharp was one of those. He was one of those people. You know what I'm he saying? was one of those people in, in in the moment, and and like like you said, we are in a weird place where with the relationship between you know players on the court and got people getting too close, and it's been a lot of shit. But like, and he's a fan, you know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, it's Shannon Sharp, Hall of Fame football player, and all of that. But he's a basketball fan. We're right. basketball fans. I'm never gonna go sit on the court and get into an argument with the guy going back and forth. Like you know what I'm saying? It's just. I don't know. It just seemed a little too much for me as a he, fan. He he told he. I guess he told Dylan Brooks he was too small to guard LeBron. And it's like, all right, you throw something out there once, like you know, you you court side, you pay ten thousand dollars to say a little yeah. something. Go ahead and throw it out there, but don't engage. Like, yeah, let that be, you know what I'm saying? And like, yeah. and, and and Shannon, I think after sitting down and listening to all of the whispers around this. What would he have done as a player if he was exactly caught a ball and then he, he he ran to the sideline and was sitting there right at the barrier of some opposing team's field and somebody looked at him and was like, "You're an effing bum. You suck. <laughs> like the linebackers are gonna body you. Like he he would probably lose it." So yeah, um, yeah, it's that's a learning lesson for all of us, man. That that isn't a good look. It, it isn't a good look. Is there any chance it was a bit? Do we think there's any chance no. it was a bit? Hey, I, I don't a think part so. Of me that was like, hey, yo, Shannon's getting a lot of pub lately. And I was yes. like, yes. you know what I'm saying? Like, was that whole beef with Skip real? Like, right. I don't know. I don't I don't think the beef the beef with Skip was real. I think they made that up when when DeMar Hamlin and then Skip tweeted yeah, and yeah, all of yeah. that, and then he stayed off the show. I think that, that was all made up for oh. sure. I th but I think this right here, I don't think this was made up. Yeah, I, I think, think this so, was yeah. for real. Because if you see the way Steven Adams walked over there, it's like you know what I'm saying? He yeah. was like, they was getting ready to thump. Hey, like, I, it was about to go about, down. Hey, Aquaman <laughs> was about to put them hands on him. It was about <laughs> to go down, dog. <laughs> hey, I ain't gonna lie. Listen, hey, when I was watching, I was like, okay, Shannon probably beat up him. All right, I don't think John really want them problems. He's a little skinny, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. and, and John Moran's dad, Usher. He, uh, no chance. Usher, 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 Usher Sr. out there. Yeah. He, he might get it, washed with the skinny jeans. I don't know. He choked the shit out of hey. Team Moran, bro. <laughs> <laughs> then when Steven Adams walked over, I said, hey, Shannon, you better sit your ass down. <laughs> <laughs> See, Stephen Adams is a little different than those other dudes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That is hilarious. All right, Nate, so we know you're a big hoops fan. Yeah. Is, is there, right now, as you look at the landscape of the league, do you have any strong conviction around who's going to be in the finals or any team that you think is overhyped, underhyped? Like, is there any, like – you know, Nate Burleson hot takes on the NBA right now. Well, shout out to my brother, my brother, uh, Kevin Burleson. He's the head coach of the Vipers, the G League team. He was on the Timberwolves staff, um, but they came knocking at his door, pulled him off the um, assistant staff. Um, but when I'm looking at the landscape of the league, um, you know, first, LeBron is always exciting to watch because, you know, there's moments where he's coasting and then there's moments where he can turn it on. And I, I didn't think that at this age, he had that gear to him still. I, I thought he was going to transition to more of a Carl Malone, the mid-range mid and being more physical. But then when I watched him in person, I'm like, yeah, LeBron's still the king, still the juice. I remember the young dude said, hey, man, you played my dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then LeBron dropped 45. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you show everybody. Um, but then when it comes to favorites, like – I just like that the Golden State Warriors at any time could be the deadliest team in the business. Now, I know yeah. they've been dealing with injuries and guys being in and out of the, the lineup, but 
when you have a young gun like Jordan Poole, who is as incredible of a talent that we've seen in quite some time, and Steph Curry still the coldest shooter we've ever seen, um, Clay Thompson and Draymond Green, regardless of what you may say about him, if you look at the intangibles, that dude does it all on the basketball court. That's still one of my favorites. I don't care about regular season records. Like, yeah. and it's just like the NFL nowadays. The regular season does not matter to me. It's all yeah. about who's healthy in the postseason and who's riding the momentum wave. Um, after that, yeah, I, I'm not passionate about any particular squad. I'm always curious about what's going on with the Nets just because Kevin Durant and I'm a Seattle guy. So I want to I want to see if they can finish strong. And I like Jock Vaughn. I like yeah. him as a player. So I love him as a coach. And I, I just hope he has some success because I, I really think that um, guys play for him a lot harder than they did for Nash. Yeah, and you know what? Even Kyrie, you could see Kyrie really connects with Jock. Yep. That's made a big difference because Kyrie is playing some of the best basketball I have ever seen him play. Like, You're right about that. M- making guys better, like really defending. He locks Steph up this week. Even, I'm not State. saying he hasn't yeah. been a leader before, yeah. but there's more growth in his leadership. Yeah, absolutely. No, Especially no, with KD being down right now. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. It's funny you mentioned Jock. The most excited I've ever seen CC, and some of our audience has heard this story before, but most excited I've ever seen C get was when we ran into Jock Vaughn randomly at the Nets practice facility a few years yeah. ago. He's like, yo, wait, you're Jock Vaughn. It that was, was my yeah. guy, bro, watching yeah. him in Kansas. That hey, was my Jock guy. Was nasty. He was nasty. He was the man. Hey, I remember that. Oh, so, man, college was fun and it was intense. You know what I'm saying? I remember, um, there's another name, just it, when I think of Jock, I think of a guy in that era. Randolph Childress at Wake Forest yep. was a monster. He was like a young Steph Curry. But yeah, that era, and I was a point guard yeah. in high school. So that's why all these point guards come to mind when I think about basketball. Nate, is there, as we get ready, we know the uh, the championship games are set. Yeah. Um, on, uh, on CBS, obviously, you guys love the AFC championship game, and you'll have uh, a, a rematch of Chiefs-Bangles. <laughs> NFC, we're going to have Eagles-Niners. Um, but before looking ahead to those games, is there any sort of storyline narrative that has gained steam out of the divisional weekend that you think is, you know, unfair, not right? Like anything that's like kind of like really at the forefront of your mind or something maybe on the flip side that you have great conviction in after watching what you watched this past weekend? I believe that we should stop saying Mr. Irrelevant when referring to Brock Purdy. Man. Um, Dude's legit. And you can say what you want. Well, you know, it's a good system. And Kyle Shanahan, he's he's really putting the offense, you know, in a a good place for him. He's teeing it up for him. You know, he has George Kittle and Debo's back. It's like you're looking for Christian McCaffrey. Bro, none of that matters. You still need a quarterback with some gusto. Somebody that can go out there, run the offense, has leadership qualities about him, and then extend the pocket too. Like he's seven and zero and taking care of the rock. Like think about this for a second. Towards the end of the season, we were criticizing two of the highest paid quarterbacks in football, Josh Allen and Dak Prescott, because they had reckless interceptions. Mm-hmm. You know, there were games where Josh Allen threw threw the ball away a lot in the red zone towards the end of the year, which was strange. And then Dak Prescott had one really good game, and then he threw up throw a pick or two. Saying that about those two guys, she be saying that about mm. some dude named Brock Purdy. Like, should, should have we been going into every San Francisco game saying, "Hey, man, let's let's hope that Brock Purdy just he doesn't turn the ball over." Fans were saying that about Dak and Josh, not Brock. That goes to show you right there that the the football world has already recognized 
that he makes good decisions with the ball in his hand. Has he been perfect? No. Has there been opportunities for defense to pick him off? Yes. But when it comes to him starting first quarter all the way through the fourth, he's taking care of the rock. Um, and, and if you look at the relationship he has with Kittle, a young quarterback's best friend is a good tight end because they're an extension of the offensive line. They work in the interior, in between the numbers. And that's exactly what the offense is. They work inside out, Kittle to Debo and then IU. After that, they're going downhill with the running backs, which is also Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey. So the whole Mr. Irrelevant thing is cute. You know, maybe it's good for him. He's getting some endorsements, but my dude is proven to be a legit quarterback. And if he messes around and beats the Eagles and then wins a Super Bowl, we will mm-hmm. not see Trey Lance on the field next year. And they'll probably deal Garoppolo or maybe even deal Trey Lance and, and then keep Garoppolo as the Wiley vet. So um, Brock Purdy, I just I just like what he's doing. Um, and then Cincinnati Bengals. You know, there's there's been words that have described this team as good, tough, disciplined. But the one that I love the most is cocky. Like, that's a cocky squad, bro. And I know, like, sometimes that word has negative connotations to it, but it's just like, I know you saw that clip of Joe Burrow in the pregame where he throws the little warm-up pass and he kind of spins around on his foot. He just, and it's in slow motion and it's like 4K camera angle. And this is a dude about to play one of the biggest games of his career and he's just as cool as ever. And then you got Jamar Chase who is just gritty in every time he scores. And if you don't like it, stop him, but you can't because you can't stop him. Um, and then the defense. The defense is just firing around, playing well. You know, I, I like the fact that the Zach Taylor, the coach, came out and said, man, I don't care who's favorite. I don't care if we are. I don't care if they are. We don't look at none of that. And then Joe Burrow, I'm paraphrasing, he said some, something along the lines this week uh, that, you know, what, what, we're always a contender for a championship as long as I'm here. Yeah. Windows always open. The windows <laughs> always open. Windows are, and, then, and then Tracy Wilson on CBS, like, hey, so, you know, what about them selling tickets to the neutral site game? And without even hesitating, as soon as she put the mic up to him, he said, better give those refunds back. <laughs> I, I like that. That's a team that doesn't care. So yeah, now you're yeah. facing a hobbled Patrick Mahomes. And not only that, you beat these guys. In the, the last three times. Game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Last three times in the in the same game last year at the same place, we're returning to the scene of the crime. And, and listen, the Chiefs are great, bro. They were doing the ring around the rosy earlier this year. I look at them because they strike so fast, so quick, and so entertaining. I look at them like you remember Roy Jones Jr. in his prime, mm-hmm. where it's like you knew you was going to get a show and you might get a knockout. Either way, you were just so thoroughly entertained by greatness. But if the Chiefs are Roy Jones Jr. Who are the Bengals? Antonio Tarver. <laughs> nice. Antonio Tarver. Nice. And, and, and I'm and I'm gonna tell you this. I, right. I always I keep saying this. Joe Joe Burrow is the second best quarterback in in the NFL. And if he beats Patrick Mahomes again, I'm I'm gonna put him as the best quarterback in the, the game. Best QB. If if he's he gonna beat him four times in a row. That's twice a in the AFC Championship game. Like, yeah. this kid has taken the Cincinnati Bengals, like the Cincinnati Bengals, into one of the best franchises in the NFL. Like, it's it's insane what, what they've been able to, what he's, what he's been able to do, really. Nah, you're right, you're right. If you look at, I think they've been to the playoffs more times since he's been here than they've been in the last, like, 
He's already got more wins than Boomer and Sice and, and everybody else in, in, the, in the organization. That's wild, bro. Yeah, now nah, you know what? It as you were saying it, it sounded like a crazy take, but I'm all in on that. See, I'm all I'm, in on that. I'm telling you, man. I'm all in. On I, I don't. I don't know where you. Where do you put him if he beats Mahomes again? Like, where does he? You know what I'm saying? He has yeah. to be number one. That's a fact. I'm with you on that. It, it it's unbelievable, it, and what you said, C, resonates so much. Like the the the, I mean, just the idea of this franchise, which was a perpetual loser, we now look at it as like, oh no, that's the team you don't want to see in a big game, right? Like, right. You know, like How like about that, the Bengals. Like, yeah, the, that's what I'm saying. The it's like Bengals. the Cincinnati Bank, like yeah. with two draft picks. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You draft you draft Jamar Chase and you draft Joe Burrow back to back years, and now you you ascend to one of the best teams in the, in the NFL because of these two guys and their cockiness that they They're bring cockiness. to your city. Yeah. The, the, the wild thing is, like, they they didn't really have a preseason because I think Joe Burrow had an appendectomy. And, yeah. And, like, they didn't really get any real reps in the preseason. So they were figuring it out in the beginning. And they were looking bad. That's because they were literally knocking off the rust the first few games. And I remember Joe Joe Burrow was like, you know, we'll be all right. We'll figure it out. And I'm like, I don't know, Joe, bro. The AFC North is nasty. The AFC West is nasty. And he was just like, nah, you know, we're good. We're good. And, hey, sure enough, them boys figured it out. Yeah. I, you know what? But another thing, too, I think the Niners should trade Trey Lance. Keep Jimmy Garoppolo. Because we were what you were saying about not turning the ball over is what we were saying about Jimmy Garoppolo. The Niners got a chance to win the Super Bowl as long as Jimmy don't turn the ball over. But, like, this this kid is not scared. And I feel like that's all you have to be as a quarterback in a great system is just be able to, be, to stand in there and deliver the ball in the pocket. And he's not scared to do that. And he's got all those weapons around him, and he's got the pocket integrity to be able to fucking use the weapons. That's real So smart. keep that guy. Trade Trey Lance and keep Jimmy as your backup. And, and you'll, you'll get a lot for Trey Lance because he's so young and we haven't seen enough of him where you can still sell him high Yep. because he still has a lot of potential. Yep. Yeah, no, it's great. Nate, Um, want to let you go in a second, giving us so much time. We appreciate it. I, I do want to say at some point uh, when we get you back on, we're going to have to talk about how the rest of your family is just killing it too. <laughs> you, 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 the 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 athletic sons you have, your media star daughter, your uh, no, you got we got to show the clip. Ati, you got to find the clip of Nate Duncan on <laughs> Nate Nate Junior had a crazy dunk a couple weeks ago yeah. at Ramapo, just yeah. on over so like it was, yeah, it was insane. A big, win. <laughs> a, a big win against Burger Catholic. That was against Burger Catholic. Yeah, yeah. it was. It was against Burger. Yeah, climbed the ladder. On him. I was like, oh baby. I yeah, mean, it was a big one. I thought I was at the Rucker Park. I ran out the field. <laughs> yeah, ran back in. For a second, I had to chill out. I'm like, man, he caught so much attention. Oh, if that's you, for those that's listening, Ramapo uh, and Bergen, it's a big rivalry uh, in yeah. Jersey. So, yeah. yeah, it's a big game. That The gym looked packed. And yeah. nah, I saw that video. It looked crazy. Yeah, it was crazy, bro. Proud well, dad. Well, <laughs> as you should be. Um, your wife also a, a star in her own right in the, no the podcast space. And motivational speaker and was a track star in college, of course. And so when we get back on, we'll have to do a deeper dive into the family. Nate, real quick, I, have you released or do you have a prediction yet for what happens this weekend with these two games? No, nah, I haven't released it, but I'll say it right now. All right. Um, it's, it's hard for me to say this, but I feel like the Niners got something special. So I, I got Brock Purdy keeping this thing rolling, beating Philly, 
Um, Eagles in Philadelphia, which is a, such an uphill battle. And then Cincinnati. I, mm. I think I think if if Mahomes was healthy, I would go Patrick. But he was hot. Yeah. And it's supposed to drop to around 15 degrees at, at the coldest point of the night. So imagine if a big fella falls on his leg mm. or his ankle and he has to get up and tough it out. Um, Mahomes is good because he can throw it off of any pivot, but he's great when he can move. Yeah. Yeah, man. I think uh, I think you're on to something there, Nate. Mm. That's uh, so you like you like both road teams. That's that's that, man. That's I I was in Philly last week and that atmosphere was insane. It's gonna and, be and tough I for the night. This is the biggest test for Brock Purdy. He's faced you know good defenses. He's beat some good defenses, but he's never faced the crowd like Philly. Like yeah, you know what I mean. You know, like certain cities you play in, you got to beat the team and the and the, the fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do, and you don't know that until you get in. In that environment. That's a fact. Let's just say after wearing Yankees gear in Philadelphia at the 09 World Series, I will never, ever go to a game in Philadelphia again in a road team. Hey, Ruko Pekka took his jersey off when we was leaving the stadium. See? He was like, oh, no, I'm taking this off. And, like, and, and, and Pekka's is a big dude. Yeah, he, he took that shit off, and we were running down the ramp, guys. <laughs> exactly. It is not – like, my friend texts me. He's like, I actually am scared for all the naive, like, young 20-year-old Giant fans who are making this trip this weekend. They're brutal there. They are brutal. 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 Um, Nate, you are the man. Congratulations on all your success. Thank you so much for giving us so much time and uh, enjoy the games this weekend and and keep killing it on CBS. Anytime. Let's talk soon, man. Sounds good. Thanks, Nate. All right, y'all. Just a terrific conversation with Nate. I I can't wait for us to get him back on. He's so smart, so interesting, and so good at his job. And I, uh, I tend to agree with him. I think, uh, I think we're gonna get a a a Niners Bengals Super Bowl. Uh, But we shall see. I think we're all looking forward to these games this weekend. And I'm glad that CC made it out of Philadelphia with his friends um, alive. Quite frankly, because that place is a different level of chaos when it comes to playoff football. You guys know the deal. New episodes every Thursday, bonus episodes as well. Make sure you're following us on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube page, R2C2. It's free to subscribe, so there's no reason not to do it. You can get download our podcast on any platform where you uh, get your podcast. so make sure you're subscribing, rating, reviewing. It all makes a difference. And uh, shout out to the fans I met in Salt Lake City who came up to me to tell me how much they love R2C2. Um, We love that. It means the world to us, and we love connecting with all of you. So thank you. Big ups to Atta and Sadie for all the work they do on the pod, and we'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the championship games, everybody. Peace.